Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and in this podcast we're going to be discussing the concept of boldness. The concept of boldness and why it's important. Now, what I mean by boldness is the art of taking action, the art of doing, the art of pulling the trigger, of putting thought and deliberation aside and actually taking action. Boldness. What we'll do in this discussion is talk about the definition of boldness, we'll talk about the inhibitors of boldness, the things that tend to reduce boldness, and then we'll talk about some of the most important features of boldness, why it's important, and how we can enhance our skills at taking action. So it's going to be a very interesting discussion here and I hope you'll follow along with me as we go through the details about the importance of boldness. I wanted to make this podcast about boldness because I feel like sometimes we spend too much time talking about mental states, about our thinking, about our preparations, about our deliberations, about our thoughts, about our plans, our reasons, our programs, and I find that sometimes this is very restrictive. This really imposes a stultifying conformity on us and serves as a masturbatory uh, preventative to action. Instead of causing us to take action, we end up getting ensnared in these uh, discussions about preparations and training and debates. At some point, you've got to do something. You've got to pull the trigger. You've got to get your ass moving, and you've got to do something. And one of the things that I notice a lot, you know, I get questions, I get emails about, you know, hey, what do you think of this, or what do you think of that, or should I do? And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Questions are important. But at some point, we have to put the questions aside, and we have to take action. We have to take action. And this is a skill. This truly is a skill, and it can be learned. It can be developed. There are always going to be some who have more innate ability at pulling the trigger than others. But it doesn't mean that we all cannot improve significantly. I'll start out with an interesting anecdote about boldness. Um, Listeners probably know that I'm a big fan of the Roman writer Cicero. In his treatise uh, on oratory, De Oratore, in its book 3, chapter 56, he's got an interesting anecdote about boldness. And that's where the famous Greek orator Demosthenes was asked, what's the, what's the most important feature of being a good orator? And Demosthenes was said to have replied, uh, you know, boldness, or in Latin, actio. And then the questioner asked him again, what's the second most important feature in being a good orator? And Demosthenes said, action. And then the questioner said, what's the third most important thing in being a good orator? And Demosthenes said again, action. So the three most important things, according to the the Greek orator Demosthenes, uh, which are most important in being a good speech maker, were action, action, and action. 
Now, this is the anecdote as Cicero tells it, but the point that we need to take away from this is boldness and action are intertwined and they are of critical importance. I should also mention that the Latin word actio, which is the word he uses in the treaties, can also mean elocution or execution or delivery. Delivery. So boldness, delivery, elocution, the idea of getting it out there. Get it out there. Just do it. It's so important. There's another story along these lines that's related in the same section about the Greek orator Eschines. And he was said to have, uh, after having lost an important case, he uh, fled to the Isle of Rhodes to recuperate. And he was reading a speech by one of his competitors. And someone noticed that he was reading the speech and he was reading it passively. And the listener said, boy, that uh, sounds like a great speech. And he, Eschines looked at him and said, you will. If it sounds great when I read it, you should have heard it when it was actually delivered in action. So again, the point here is reading is fine. Deliberation is fine. Analysis is fine up to a point. But then past a certain point, action has to be taken. So those are two salient anecdotes about action, about boldness, and why it's so important. What are the enemies of boldness? What are the enemies of boldness? What are the things, the traits, the features that retard us from our course of action? Well, I think that there are four major enemies of boldness. Fear, doubt, study, and deliberation. I'll repeat those. Fear, doubt, study, and deliberation. Let's look at those individually. What is fear? Well, do we really need to define it? Maybe. We can look at fear as the excessive predictions of negative consequences. That's kind of a definition that I just thought up for the purposes of this discussion. But again, the prediction, the negative, the excessive prediction of negative consequences. That's what fear really is. It's the filling of our heads with scenarios of the most negative sort which bind us and tie us down like the giant Gulliver among the Lilliputians. If you remember Gulliver's travels, how he was bound by the minuscule Lilliputians with a thousand cords and he was unable to move. What is doubt? Doubt is simply insufficient confidence. Insufficient confidence. Now, we're never going to completely be able to get rid of either one of these things, fear or doubt. Every rational person is always going to be haunted to some extent by a little bit of fear and a little bit of doubt. But you simply have to work through it. There's no other way. There's no other way. You know, some people say, well, you should embrace your fears and you should embrace your doubts, and that's fine. Or that if you practice uh, things enough, you know, you'll be able to overcome them. And that's sort of true, but it's not really been my experience. And I've been in many situations in my life, in my careers, you know, giving, um, you know, uh, giving speeches before juries or doing things in the military that involved a great deal of uh, possible physical harm or 
in the case of being a, a trial attorney, actually uh, involving cases involving a lot of uh, professional credibility on the line. And there's always going to be those feelings of doubt. You never get over it. You never get over it. I don't care how experienced you are. That's at least been my experience. But what you really do is you just embrace it. You just deal with it. You simply deal with it. When you're going out on a march, you know you're going to get blisters, and you deal with them. It's simply part of the program. Study and deliberation, what are those? Well, study really comes down to analysis. Analysis and over-analysis. And this probably is the biggest inhibitor of boldness that we see. It's the biggest inhibitor of boldness. Because we live in a society, we live in a culture that values the cascades and deluges of information that is available to almost every person. And all of us are almost paralyzed by the excessive choices that we are presented with. We have so many choices, we have so much information, and this is, as the phrase goes, the paralysis of analysis. And it's a very real thing. It's a very real thing. And we see it manifest itself in people asking us a lot of questions. The questions themselves become ways of avoiding boldness. The questions themselves become ways of avoiding taking action. For example, in business, oh, what sort of what sort of business entity should, should I set up? Where should my location be? Where should I do this? What should I do? If I'm undertaking a program of, of, of exercise uh, regimen, what sort of what should I start with? What should I do? I'm not saying that you should not do any research or make any sort of inquiries or ask any questions. What I'm saying is at some point you have to take action. And we'll discuss towards the end how to know when you reach that point. How do you know when you've done enough preparatory study and now you need to put your ass to the grindstone and take action? I'll talk a little bit about that and give you my thoughts on that. Now, deliberation, the last enemy of boldness, that's just slowness. Slowness, deliberation. It's the idea that somehow things are going to get better or the truth will be more revealed to me if I procrastinate, if I deliberate. And it's never that way. You've got to do something. You've got to do something. You've got to do it now. There's a great scene in the movie Bridge on the River Kwai, which I think came out in 1957. There's a great scene where William Holden is watching a young commando uh, team member get ready to stab Colonel Saito, the Japanese prison camp commander, with a knife. And he's saying to himself, you've got to do it, boy. You've got to do it now. You've got to do it now. This is the scene at the end where Colonel Saito is about ready to discover that the bridge has been mined. I don't know if many of you have seen the movie. You should see it if you haven't seen it. It's a very good, very good movie. So these are the four enemies of boldness. Now, why do I say that boldness is important? Why do we spend, why is it worth a podcast discussion about it? Because of the following reasons that I'm going to give. The first one is, number one, it creates its own momentum. Boldness and action create their own momentum. 
We can think of boldness as force. It's the force which impels bodies in motion. And force, if we remember from our physics equations, is mass times acceleration. Force is mass times acceleration. So the action, the boldness of force itself creates energy. It creates that acceleration. It accelerates that mass of our bodies forward. And if we have a business, it accelerates our business forward. So we've got to do things. We've got to take action. You've got to condition yourself to pull the trigger. And I mean that literally. It may be useful for those who have never had any experience in shooting to actually learn to shoot, to learn how to condition yourself not to flinch at the recoil of a weapon. Not to flinch at the recoil of a weapon. Put yourself in tense situations that you have to get out of. Put yourself in tense situations that you have to get out of. And you're not alone. There were a great many, some of the, some of the greatest decision makers in history were themselves actually quite timid men to start with. If you read the biography of Winston Churchill, you'll know that he was, he became a great commander, he became a great leader as a result of a conscious decision. He was not naturally inclined to action when he was a child. He, through the power of his will, forced himself to become a man of action. Through the power of his own will, he forced himself to change. And this is the decision point that we all have to reach at some, at some period. We have to decide, are we going to be passive or are we going to be active? Another way of stating this question is, do you want to get moving or do you want to fool around? Do you want to get moving or do you want to fool around? You know, as part of my job these days, I have to meet with clients in my office. And sometimes they'll come in and they'll ramble at great length about all these details of their problem. And I'll want to cut to the chase and I'll say, ma'am or sir, what's your goal? What do you want to do? What is your goal? And you'd be surprised how long it takes some of them to answer that question. Some people really don't want to take action. They're really not interested in boldness. They'd prefer to complain. They'd rather whine. They'd rather look for excuses. They'd rather have a pity party. They'd rather pay me to hold their hand and do nothing. And it's sad sometimes. It's sometimes very sad, but we can see the features and traits of winners versus the features and traits of losers in this distinction. So learn how to pull the trigger. Learn how to pull the trigger. The other feature of boldness that we should keep in mind is this. Stop expecting complete information. Stop expecting complete information. Stop expecting to know everything. You're not going to have all the details. You're not going to have the perfect plan. You're not going to have a flow chart. You're not going to have a roadmap. You're not going to be able to connect the dots. You're going to have, at best, a vague, cloudy picture. And you're going to be able to discern kernels of truth here and little bits of pieces of wisdom there. And somehow you're going to have to make your decisions, make your actions based on this imperfect information. And this is what Clausewitz meant when he talked about the fog of war. The fog of war. The, 
the experience of conflict obscures things and messes things up. You're not going to you're not going to know all of the uh, the various factors you need to make a decision, and you have to learn to operate within this medium of chaos. You have to learn to operate within this medium of chaos, and instead of trying to impose order on this chaos, which is the disease of the modern Western man, trying to impose his will on everything, we have to learn to embrace the chaos and move within it like as if we're moving through the raindrops and it can be done it can be done so stop asking questions stop procrastinating you know there's a great scene in the movie collateral tom cruise's movie collateral i think jamie fox is also in it. i think it came out in 2005 there's a great scene in there where uh, the Jamie Foxx character, the cab driver, is thrown away Tom Cruise's workups, his, his laptop, and had all of his information in it. And they have to go to this nightclub to get a, another uh, set of information on a flash drive. And Tom Cruise is telling Jamie Foxx to get in the club and get the information. And, and Jamie Foxx is coming up with all these excuses and all these reasons why he can't do it. And he's never going to be able to be play the role that's assigned to him and he's never going to be able to pull it off and Tom Cruise said look you've got a simple choice either you pull it off or you die and that's it it's that simple and I think so many people would be able to clarify their decisions and be able to take action if they were faced with that sort of a choice if someone put a gun to your head how quickly do you think you'd make the decision to change if someone was going to smash your hand with a club how quickly do you think you'd lose weight or you would learn that language, or you would improve yourself. It's all a matter of priorities. So in the movie, Tom Cruise tells him, stop stalling, get out of the car, move. Move your ass. And this is the type of motivation that I think a lot of people really need. Force. They need to be forced. They need to be made to do what they don't want to do. You know, another thing about boldness is that bold men never apologize. Bold men never apologize. And the English philosopher Francis Bacon was a great writer. He wrote an essay on, on the subject of boldness. And he's, he's got a great story in there where he talks about, believe it or not, the prophet Muhammad. It's a short anecdote he tells about him. He says, he, I don't know where he got the story from. He doesn't say where he got the story from, but he said that Muhammad was preaching to his some of his followers and told his followers that he would bring that 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 uh, by his by virtue of his speaking a hill would come to him. Well, he started speaking and the hill never came to him, so he just said, "Well, I'll go to the hill then." So if the hill doesn't come to you, you go to the hill. And this is what Francis Bacon meant in his essay on boldness when he was using this analogy of the story of Muhammad, he meant this. If in your chosen course of action, things don't come out or turn out the way you'd like them to, then you adjust course and you go to the hill. If things don't come to you, you go to them. You do what you need to do, and without skipping a beat, without apologizing, you can make an about face, you can change course, and you just keep on going. And you don't apologize. You just do it. And I know that some of you are saying that, yes, some men are just naturally bold. 
Some men just naturally have that talent to pull the trigger. And that's true. I think that's true. There's a, and I love analogies from movies, as you can tell, because I quote them a lot. But I'll give you another analogy from a movie. It's from, I think it was 2007's, um, uh, the Martin Scorsese film, The Departed, where the Leonardo DiCaprio character is in a psychologist office and he's talking about how he marvels at the fact of being undercover that he never cracks he never his hand never shakes he's always able to maintain his composure and that's true and that's something i noticed about myself uh, many years ago which for some reason uh, always surprised me because i'm the type of person where i would always get i, I would always feel a sense of anxiety and nervousness right up to the start of a big event but during the event I never had any problems at all it was always the thinking about it beforehand that caused me a lot of um, uh, you know anxiety and worry but once I got going it was never a problem I never got stage fright I never felt physical fear in situations involving physical harm and Maybe some people just have the ability to just disconnect certain circuits in their brain. And if you're one of these people, you'll know what I'm talking about. But even if you're not one of these people, you can still condition yourself to be bold. And you can still force yourself through experience to accept a certain level of anxiety and dread that you're always going to feel whenever you undertake a tense situation. And that's why... One of the more interesting things about the virtue of boldness is that it's wise to see dangers when you're giving counsel to someone else, but it's not so good to see dangers when it comes to execution or to taking or or when it comes time to actually take action to carry out things. So it's good to see dangers when you're giving advice or when you're in the deliberation phase, but it's not so good to see dangers when you actually are trying to take action and be bold. That's something we should keep in mind about counsel. It's good to see it at some stage of the game. It's not so good to see it when you're at the point of actually being bold and taking action. Just get moving and then adjust course as you move along. Again, that's the best way to handle these types of situations. Just get moving and adjust course as you move along. Learn how to think on your feet. You've got to learn how to operate spontaneously within that medium of friction, within that medium of uncertainty. And you can do this by not having perfect plans. You can't expect to have a perfect plan. You shouldn't impose a detailed plan on yourself. Because believe me, the plan goes right out the window the minute problems start. The minute problems start, the plan goes right out the window. And that's why you've got to develop and cultivate those talents of thinking and acting on your feet. Let's talk a little bit about why boldness is so important. Why is boldness so important? Well, the first reason is time is so precious. Time is just precious. You don't have time to putz around. You don't have time to fool around. If you want to get something done, you've got to do it. You've just got to do it. Life is short. Time is precious. 
The second reason is opportunities are limited. You know the game of musical chairs? There's only a certain amount of chairs to go around. And if you don't take bold action to get yourself one of those chairs, someone else is going to get it. And I know there's the abundance mentality, and we can all think there's abundance of things out there, and abundance, and, and that's, that's sort of true. It's good to think that way, but, you know, sometimes resources really are limited. Sometimes they really are limited. Sometimes there's not a lot of slots to go around. And you've got to make sure that you're making a maximum effort so you can live with yourself if you don't get one of the opportunities that happen to be there. And the third reason why boldness is so important is because it's good for your health. It's good for your health. Being a sluggard, being a sloth, being someone who's lackadaisical and being a uh, uh, rollover artist is not good for your health. Taking action on things fires up your synapses of your brain. It certainly raises your testosterone and it makes you feel better and more alive as a person. It's a matter of health. For your own sake, for the sake of, you, of your health, you've got to be bold. Again, it goes back to that question I was talking about. Do you want to succeed or do you want to fool around? Do you want to succeed or do you want to fool around? And you'd be surprised how many people have to spend a minute thinking before they answer that question. The last point I want to make about boldness is this. How do I know when you know the boldness is too much? How do I know when it's time to actually press the trigger or pull the trigger? How do I know when I've passed the deliberation or cogitation phase and I need to just move off? Because th that is a legitimate question. There are going to be people who are going to say, well, you say I shouldn't deliberate too much, but how do I know I've got to do some preparation? How do I know when enough is enough? And here's a good guide. This is my experience of this matter. You should do only enough preparation and deliberation so that when you approach the problem from several different angles, you get the same answer. I'll try to rephrase that in a different way. If you're pondering a problem and you look at the problem from one angle and then you look at the problem from another angle and then say maybe even just for insurance look at it from a third perspective as soon as the same answers start coming up from all those different perspectives then you know you have found your answer then you know you have found your answer if the same answers come up repeatedly from different methods of analysis and from different perspectives of analysis, then we know we found our answer and no further analysis is necessary. We don't need to spend hours and hours or days and days overanalyzing and reanalyzing. Look at the problem from several different perspectives so we can get a good statistical sample to go by. And once you've reached, once you see the same sort of conclusions coming up over and over again, then you found your answer and you can move. And there's no firm guideline as to how long this will take. In some situations, it may take only a few minutes. In some situations, it may take only a few seconds. In some situations, it may take hours or days. But if you're being honest with yourself, you will know when you're procrastinating and when you're using analysis as an excuse 
not to take action. And at some point, we have to trust our intuition. That's the last point I want to make in this discussion of boldness. Trust your intuition. You've just got to learn how to trust it. It's not always going to be right, but many times it will be right. So these are my opinions on the reality of boldness and action and why taking action based on the virtue of boldness is so important. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This is Quintus Curtius. Good night.